It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What wide receiver would make the most sense for the Cowboys in round one? And what position is the deepest in this year's draft? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to this thing. Uh, I'm excited to continue yeah. to kind of pound away at these different prospects and figure out who might be the best fit. We got a lot of questions about wide receivers today in the first yeah. round. So it sounds like people are starting to uh, zero in on the Cowboys maybe drafting a receiver. At number 24. So I, I want to go with this question first. This one from Travis. Mm. Is investing our first round pick in a wide receiver a good allocation of resources? Yeah. I mean, I think wide receiver is a, is a position that, you know, you don't really have to worry about uh, spending a dr- first round pick because you're losing the opportunity cost of getting a, a cheap player at a position yeah. that is usually expensive. I think wide receiver certainly fits the bill there. If anything, I think guard is more likely the position that you would be concerned about the the value that you're, you're, you're <laughs> well, it's really just the opportunity cost to have the val have a, a cheap player that's that playing at a starter level for five years at, at the position and, and with guard it's like that's a relatively cheap position anyway so you're not really getting the same opportunity cost as yeah. opposed to left tackle wide receiver quarterback cornerback that sort of thing so uh, yeah i think using wide receiver uh, i mean look if the question is more do the cowboys need a wide receiver then the you know as relative to the line, yeah, that's different. I think right? so. I think yeah, that's a different question. I and I still think the answer is yes. I mean, I think that you know they need a, at least one more guy that they're going to add that that has you know some top end talent. I think you can get a guy who <clears throat> can come in and play a role for you at wide receiver, you know, later in the draft if you want. In fact, maybe you'll even double dip later and get one of those guys as well. But I think if you're looking for someone who can come in and give you uh, contributing snaps to the wide receiver position, who could be a, a who could you know make an impact at the position. I, I think that that's something that you're likely going to need to draft, you know, on day one, day two to get to get the kind of impact you're looking for. Yeah, and I think you could even find there's free agent receivers out there if you need somebody just to get you through the first eight weeks of the season or whatever, right? But you're not going to find guys that have high end ceilings. You're not going to find number one receivers in free agency. Yeah. And in fact, you're probably not even going to find a wide receiver too at this stage in free agency, right? And I just think with a wide receiver being a booming market right now, like if you're halfway competent and you're going to get $18 million a year, 
Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense to draft a receiver in round one, especially when you get that fifth year option, right? That that's huge. Yeah. And yeah, and that's the kind of the whole thing, right? Is that, you know, if anything, the argument is being made constantly about other positions where you, you just don't have these high price players, yeah. right? So you're really, how much are you really saving by having a guard on a rookie contract? I mean, you're saving some, but it's nothing compared to what you are saving when you have a top end wide receiver on a rookie contract or top end quarterback. So I think that's the big difference. Yeah. I mean, and I think there's a really good chance that an offensive lineman is the best player on the board when the Cowboys get up to 24. Yeah. But it might make financial sense to draft a receiver at 24. Plus we, we, we talked about the depth of this class. There's not a lot of receivers that you love on day two this year. Um, but there might be a couple offensive linemen that you like quite a bit, or at least feel pretty good about if you need them to play right away. I think that's why maybe, maybe the Cowboys are leaning wide receiver in round one. Yeah, I, I, I see a lot of people kind of on Twitter that kind of poo-pooing the idea of draft sequencing and and, and that it's not, you know, uh, a good strategy. And and the reference I keep seeing is the Taco Charlton thing, but but that doesn't quite apply because TJ Watt was available with yeah, Taco yeah. Charlton. You could, you could have nailed so, that draft if you, you just take the better player at the same position. The sequencing would have been worked perfectly if you had just dra- drafted the right guy that was available when, when you had him. So... Uh, yeah, I, I, am a big believer in kind of doing kind of what we did, right. Going through the draft mock drafting, figuring out where the soft spots are relative to what your needs are. And then, you know, that's why it's like the idea of drafting for need being like, uh, something that you can't do is just so silly. It's it's not about like ham fisting your pick at, at, at a certain spot to fit your need. It's about finding the spots where the value meets your need and then drafting them in an appropriate round and not right. getting so concerned about individual players that, I mean, if you like several of them, right? So I think for the Cowboys, you're right. We've, you know, early on, we've talked about this, how there was this kind of, like I, I keep referring to this nexus of, of need and value at guard at 24, However, when you take a longer view, when you pull back and look at the 10,000-foot view, there, there, there does seem to be some sense in trying to figure out a way to get like either a wide receiver or something in 24 and then waiting on guard simply because your opportunity to get the kind of wide receiver that you need is better, obviously, at 24 than it drops precipitously versus guard at you know 56 and, and anything after that. We're going to talk about which receivers fit the best of the Cowboys in just a second. But uh, I want to get to another question from somebody who really likes uh, a a day two receiver. This one from Mike. He wants to know, at pick 56, what kind of impact could Calvin Austin have on this offense? So this is admittedly one of the guys, if the Cowboys wait on receiver, that I would be interested in the second round. If you're drafting a tiny, tiny receiver, but how could he help this team in year one? Oh, I think a guy like that could help immensely. I mean, at the, immediately you make him your kind of gadget guy. You certainly can draw up a ton of different stuff to try to intentionally give him the ball, uh, whether you want him to play in the slot as a you know, kind he of – He almost has to play in the slot, right? I mean, I, I mean, yeah, but obviously, like, you could do more there. You could put him in the backfield. You, sure. could, you know, you could move him around a little bit. He's not, he's not going to be your full-time, by any means, outside guy. I don't even know if he could function as a Z full-time, but, you know, maybe he could. Um, so I think that you you look at the uh, uh, guys like that who have kind of a trait, especially speed, you, you can find a way to fit that into your offense, to be creative, to fold him in. 
that's a situation where you're getting kind of a gadget player that it certainly can have an immediate impact on your uh, on your team, but it's not like you're getting another top-end starter wide receiver that's like right. your opposite of CeeDee Lamb or anything like that. I think that, you know, the idea is that this is a guy who year one, you're looking at, you know, kind of playing a gadget role, scheming him, him some touches, trying to get the ball to him on the move, as opposed to, just being able to kind of sub him in anywhere sure. uh, and, 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 and like you know, use him as part of a normal wide receiver rotation. Yeah. I actually like Austin quite a bit with a healthy Michael Gallup and CD lamb, right? Cause those are your two outside receivers. You bring in Austin as the slot, you let Noah Brown or whoever else is that blocking receiver kind of handle everything else. And this is a guy that you just try to get on the field, 20, 25 snaps a game <laughs> and get the ball in his hands because he's really, really quick. And he's really, really fast. Um, I think 56 is probably the right spot to draft him. He's certainly not going to get to you in the third round, and he might not even get to you at 56 because he's just so explosive. Yeah, I mean, it feels like that's kind of right around where his range is. Uh, So I I think that that is something that the Cowboys should be considering. I will say Um, this. With these guys, that happens every single year. I, I agree. I think this is where his range should be. But speed receivers always yep. go about 15, 20 spots higher than they should at least, right? I'm thinking even somebody like Rondale Moore went way higher than he probably should have last year, right? He was in the 40s or something like that. And you're talking about another 5'7 receiver. McCar- McCall Hardman went in the second round despite playing wide receiver one year. Would not shock me at all if he goes like 42 in this draft. Yeah, I mean, for me, 56 is the with the 15 spot bump i see this guy as a third rounder you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah. so so uh I, I think 56 is reasonable but if he goes higher than that like you said i, I wouldn't be totally surprised because nope. it's really difficult to kind of gauge how each team is valuing these types of players yep yep uh, all right let's take one quick break and then we'll come back talking more about receivers but i want to tell you guys about bet online betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info Find all the latest sports developments, including the latest Masters Championship odds. Uh, I bet on Brooks Kepka today to finish inside the top Uh 10. It's my favorite bet. I also root for Tiger, but I couldn't bet on him. Uh, They have all odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, somebody wants to know, can you guys rank the top five receivers in terms of fit with the Cowboys? Not necessarily who you think are the best players, the receivers that you think fit the best. Mm. Okay, so... All right. Well, let's get the first. Let's get the top five yeah, just in sure. a group already. So, right? so, we got- so here, here's the names according to the consensus board. Right. Okay. Now. It's Garrett Wilson. It's Drake London. 
Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks. Okay, so as far as for like specifically what the Cowboys are needing, right? Um, I, I honestly don't know that there's too much change, right? Because I feel like the Cowboys could use any one of these types of players, right? So, but sure. I would say like, like I've said before, uh, I would rank it, you know, I, I think Williams is a guy that if he fell into the Cowboys would be a great fit for what they're looking for. I think he would be a true Z. I think he would be the kind of guy that would take the top off. So I would go probably – I probably would go Williams, Olave, Burke, London, Wilson. Wilson. No, Wilson, London maybe. I probably right. would go. So this is funny. This is why it's a good exercise. I would probably go Wilson, Olave, Williams, Burks, London, and I like I, London. Might be my favorite receiver of the class. I'm just not sure that's the best fit for what the Cowboys want right now, because yeah. they kind of already have three outside receivers that don't really stretch the field. I mean, Gallup can a little bit, but. They need somebody with a little bit more quickness and speed. That's just not True. necessarily London's game. I like Wilson quite a bit because he can make plays after the catch. He's not going to be there. You don't need to worry about that nope. one. Nope. It just comes down to me. The the, the the big discussion is Olave versus Burks. I, I think Olave is way safer. I think he's a better fit with Dak. I think he's a better fit, you know, with CD and Gallup. But I can understand the the appeal for Burks. You know, if you want somebody that you can throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage and still get 17 yards, that's Traylon Burks. It's a fascinating class. It really is. Uh, the, 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 you know, it, it's it's so fascinating because really more so than we've I feel like we've seen in a long time, there are wide receivers of every flavor, right? Like all at the top too, like you can just one through five, they're all kind of just slightly different. And I think that that kind of lack of uh, duplicate skill set, I guess is the best way to put it yep. is, is make going to make this whole uh, uh, first round very interesting because I think, I think all these teams are going to view these players very similarly. <laughs> well, very differently in the way that you and I do, right? Like yep. in the sense that yep. they'll all view each of them, uh, through the, their own lens of what their needs are, what they're looking for, what their their archetypes are, and 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 frankly, I, I think what it's going to mean is that the boards are going to be crazy different, and some of these guys may get drafted artificially high or very artificially low because, like London, for instance, right? You know that body type is is kind of a old school sort of body type, right? So a lot of teams, X, right? Yeah, a lot of teams may look at that situation. Um, and say, well, we don't, we're not interested in that. Like, so they'll put them him further down the board, and and that disparity may reflect itself if if that is happening at the top of the board, right? Yep. On the flip side of that, I just listened to a fantastic a, a podcast on the Athletic last night that was talking about the return of uh, of Coriel offenses, and because of the rise of cover two defenses in football, and that's going to mean that we're going to see more of these kind of. Uh, uh, big bodied X receivers playing. Mm -hmm. So another team may look at him and, and view him as, as exactly what they want. Their number one receiver. So my point being all these teams are going to view this through their own lenses. It's going to make the order all over the place. I, that's why I think the Cowboys really are doing the due diligence on these guys because all of that volatility in these evaluations more so at the wide receiver position, maybe than anywhere else is going to cause a lot of things that we don't expect to happen to happen on draft day. Some, sure. Someone, someone is going to fall. 
one of these wide receivers is not going to get taken uh, where we think they are. And, and I think that that is going to be because of that, exactly that phenomenon I'm talking about. I think there are certain guys like Olave who kind of are universal, right? Like anybody, I think anybody could use a route runner. Um, but I think some of these other skill sets are probably like Traylon Burks, you know, I think are probably more specific to teams that are looking for that type of player. And so that means that just less opportunity for them to get picked uh, up at the top. I agree. It's, this is just a wild wide receiver class where it's all about what does your team need? Do you need speed? Do you need a guy that can win above the rim? Uh, my guess is across the league, the, the receiver rankings are, you might have six different guys as the number one receiver in this class, depending yeah. on the team. So we got one more wide receiver question, kind of. Uh, Uh-oh. So he, he said, you guys have discussed recently that there aren't great wide receiver options after round one for an instant impact. It seems like wide receiver and offensive line are where we need an instant impact. Can you guys talk about the instant impact players at offensive line in rounds two through four? We don't have to go through all these, but is there a couple guys that you like, like if the Cowboys do wait on offensive line that they could grab? I just think that there's a lot of these guys that are being dis- trying to be artificially pushed up into the first round that may end up falling, whether that's someone like uh, Linderbaum. Well, Linderbaum is certainly certainly one of those guys. I mean, look, here's the real problem with the center class in general is that this class has got the most undersized centers I've ever seen. Like, I, I, by most, I mean numerous. Like, yeah. it's it's they have That's there's the a lot of, of these yeah. guys. So, and 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 that makes up a you know chunk of the kind of first and second day uh, potential offensive linemen that are good offensive linemen that are going to be drafted. There isn't a ton of guard, true guard types that are like going to be available kind of around there. I mean, I think we talked about people like Cole strange and, and I think some of these other guys, yeah. but I mean, most of them are, are kind of, you know, interior undersized interior folks at, at best. So I would not be surprised if there was a guy like, uh, who's the kid from Tulsa? Is it, I don't want to say Trey Smith, but I don't Tyler, think Smith. Tyler, Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith, right? Tyler Smith. This like, guy like that, you know, I literally read a, a report, I think from Tony Pauline yesterday saying that he could go 26 to the, to the Titans, but I would not at all be surprised if a guy like that fell, you know, or, or, or someone of that ilk kind of fell. fell that's where he should be is in the second or third row. But yeah, I get your point. I get your point. Yeah. I, I <laughs> think, I think one, something I don't like that. Uh, well, I get, I get the Smith thing if the idea is that, okay, I can draft this guy, put him inside a guard until he learns tackle. I'm on board with that. I could, I can get that. Not for first round. Not like I'm not in, endorsing him. For you're saying years. like, yeah, if you're drafted in the forties or fifties, I, I would love, I'd love to take him at 56 and do exactly that. Cause I think that, you know, I, you know, I'm watching the tape. He certainly has holding issues. There's no way around that, but that's technique base. I think that that's that you can fix yeah. that relatively easily i don't think that that's a, a a bad habits thing i think it's a trusting your technique thing and that's and that's something that can be imminently fixable if there's a willingness there so i think it's guys like that that you need to look out for that you know uh there are tackles that are, that are you know fallen for one reason and another uh, i don't know that there's a lot of kind of pure interior offensive lineman type that are like certainly uh you know, worth it. it the, the Boston College kid, but he's more of a center too. Like uh, uh, Lindstrom, I think it is. Or, yeah, Alex or, Lindstrom. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there are some guys there that I've seen that I've liked, 
but I don't know that it's like a lot better than the wide receiver position. You know, I, I think it's it's probably similar as far as like at 56 where you're picking how you feel about those interior All right. lines. So I got a few. Um, let's start with the guys that will probably be picked around where the Cowboys are going to be drafting. I like Darian Kennard a lot from Kentucky. Like that's one of my favorite guys. If they draft an offensive lineman in the second round, I like him. He's only played right tackle at Kentucky, but his tape is really good. Now he'd yeah. be moving probably to left guard. You're getting a 340 pound guard. That's a little exactly. bit sloppy, but he just doesn't get beat very often. I saw a stat from pro football focus where over the last five games in the sec, he gave up one pressure. Like mm-hmm. he just gets it done. So uh, I, I like him quite a bit. I'm also, okay. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this in a second, but I don't love the depth in this class in general. You get to day three. I did. I, let me back up. I did a mock draft for the game day. I did all seven rounds, picked out every single pick. And I was struggling to find guys that I think were like NFL quality players in round four. It's just not a very deep class. So if the Cowboys can trade their fourth round pick or even the third round pick and move from, let's say, 56 up to 35 and draft an offensive lineman that you like, I would rather do that. I think there's a chance, Landon, like one of Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green falls to the top of the second round. Maybe you go do that. I like Bernard Ryman a lot from Central Michigan. He's probably a tackle in the NFL, but I think he could play yeah. guard early on. He could probably play guard early on. Go yeah. go trade for Ryman if you get your receiver. Like, Just come out of this draft with a wide receiver and a guard that you feel really good about, and we'll be fine. You know, my thought process is that I do think the draft is deep, but I don't think it's deep in the sense that like we would normally say a draft is deep. I think what happened is that because of the COVID situation, because of the what it caused and all the odd uh, players coming out and players returning, you have yeah. a lot of these 26-year-old guys coming out, 25-year-olds. I, I don't think, you know, when we think of deep, I think we think, a lot of first round players and then a, you know, a good chunk of second round players. I yeah. think where this is deep is that the fourth round extends the, you know, the bottom of the fourth round, the fifth round extends all the way to the end of the draft, right? Like there aren't any true, like you're not, I think you'll get to the seventh round and then there'll be guys that you, that people had on their fourth, fourth round sure. boards or greatest fourth round players. That's where I think the depth is in, in just sheer volume of NFL eligible players i guess you know players that could actually play some role in the nfl but i agree the talent at the top doesn't extend anymore in fact if anything it's weak at the top it's shallow at the top and then it seems like the fourth round will last forever so i agree if you feel like your guy is reachable with one of these trade with one of these picks you know that you need wide receiver and guard everything outside of that is kind of gravy you know I would not be shocked or I wouldn't be upset if they made a small trade to go get the guy they want. Um, I also agree that Kennard is that guy that you target at 56. My concern is that, you know, half the time he's there, half the time he's not there. I know. And, 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 you know, on top of that, he's a right tackle moving to left guard. It's like a change of sides and position when you've only ever played one spot that kind of concerns me a lot. You know, th- like some of the other guys that people are forget are putting plugging in there, like Parham and stuff. And, and Parham's like a he's a center only, you know. So he's unless you're 285 getting, pounds, 
if he's a center, he may just be a fullback in this offense. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, the problem we are going to run into is there's going to be guys who are offensive linemen that are worthy of taking at 56. But, you know, are they going to be immediate solutions for your left guard situation? And I'm not poo-pooing Gennard, because I think that he's one of those guys that I do believe yeah. probably has the best chance. But even him, it's not a perfect, it's, you know, No, it's not somebody already knowing the position. Yeah, it's a projection, right? I mean, you're just yeah. – at that point, you're taking somebody who has a lot of SEC production and projecting that he'll be able to figure it out. But I agree. To, it, it's to it's me, scary. The best – like, if you're trying to get the best talent at those two positions – find a trade partner and go get, go trade for a wide receiver and then yeah. draft Zion Johnson. Because here's the thing. I feel confident we can get to 24 and pick a good guard. I feel like Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson will be there. One of those guys if, is going to be there. And if they're not, another offensive lineman that is also very good will be there because someone picked Zion Johnson or Green and that pushed them down. And if you can do that and then figure out a trade for a wide receiver that you like, that may be the best of both worlds that you're getting there. I agree. Uh, All right, one more quick break to tell you guys about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all of the parts you need. Rock Auto has everything from engine control modules to brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, a couple more questions. Um, this one from Brett. How are we feeling about the backup quarterback situation in Dallas? I don't feel like we've – we haven't talked about it you know, very much, and I don't really feel like there's a huge push to like feel like we need to address it at this point. I, I liked what we saw from Cooper Rush last year. I mean, he came in and, and won himself a game in Minnesota, and I think that showed you kind of what you're hoping to get out of the backup quarterback. He was a backup quarterback before, so uh, if anything, I actually feel kind of confident going into next sure. year that you don't necessarily need to do anything there. Um, and Let's you know, not forget about Will Greer, too, on the roster. Yeah, hey, come on. He's 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 on the come, and he's, uh, he's going to be pushing that uh, backup quarterback spot. I mean, look. I just think Cooper Rush provides a floor for you. If Greer wants to come in here and 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 improve on that, that's great. Will they draft another quarterback late in the in, in the draft? Maybe. Uh, but but I'd be opposed I, to it. I, if you take, I, I, take a quarterback in the fifth round that you like with some tools and put them on the practice squad, why not? Absolutely. 
but I, I think at this point, I'm not terribly concerned about it because I feel like you've got a good in-house solution. And, and that's, you know, one thing that you feel like you have some knowledge about. Uh, all right, let's get to a couple more questions. This one from Josh. What is the deepest roster spot on the Cowboys right now heading into the draft? So basically a spot they won't draft. Cornerback? Corner. Yeah, yeah. corner. I mean, they'll add somebody on day three or a couple guys in UDFAs that have really, really long arms that are really, really tall, but they're probably not going to draft anybody high. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, unless there's another trade coming, right? Just because uh, there's a lot of numbers. Yeah. I, I did a little uh, research. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet out the link, but there's like seven or eight corners that are like day three guys that hit everything that Dan Quinn wants in a corner. I would almost be shocked if they don't grab one or, one or two of those guys. So they're just going to throw darts at long athletic corners every single year. Or, you know, or, you know, because of, like we said, the depth of the back end of this draft, a lot of those guys might end up being pushed out of the back end of the draft. And then you wouldn't get be surprising at all. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, all right. One more quick question. Uh, people want to know, is there, is there any position that you think is worth waiting on past day two of the draft? So where can you find good players on day three of this draft? Well, for what you're looking for, for what I you're looking you can, for, yes. for what you're looking for, I think you can get a linebacker that past day three because I think that there's there is just a lot of those guys, right? You can find especially, a number three or number four linebacker on day three, absolutely. Yeah, especially a guy that could be like a special teams guy. Look, I mean, yes. JoJo Dorman, my guy from uh, from Nebraska, is kind of that weird hybrid cornerback linebacker. He'd be a great can, special teams player. Can right? I can I make a prediction on him right now? Okay, He's going to yeah. be a New England Patriot. Just putting that out there. Yeah, you're right. You probably will be. Uh, or a Pittsburgh Steeler, right? I hope not. <laughs> uh, no. uh, yeah, I think, you know, linebacker's a spot, you know, that that, that will uh, stretch a little bit. Um, running back? Yeah, certainly running back. I mean, especially for what you're looking for now, like you're looking for some competition for that third running back spot. I think you can definitely find guys down the, further down the roster that – I mean, further down the draft that – uh, can come in and give you some quality snaps there. Um, I think tight end at this point, I mean, you know, yeah. like it, it, there's just not a lot of them at the top. So I think a lot of them are going to end up, some will get artificially pushed up and then the rest will kind of sit at the back, the back end of, of the draft. And I think that there will be some guys that you could probably uh, draft in the fourth or fifth round that will be, you know, worthy of your time that can come in and contribute as backup tight ends or like Charlie Kohler, who I like a lot. Like I, yeah. I would not be surprised at all if he's sitting there in the fourth round and some team drafts him and he's starting in 2023. Is, is Rucker like, what's his injury situation? Is that going to drive him to go down to the fourth round? You could see someone like him coming in as a, as a kind of a fourth or fifth round guy that is a blocking tight end. That can, I heard brought us today say a second round pick. I just don't see that. I, I don't see him being a second round. Yeah. Pick. If that's, I mean, that seems very good for his, yeah. his skill set, and especially since he's injured, injured, but I, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's guys, even if, even if he does, there's still even lots of these other guys like Cal Cassetta from SMU. That I are, say likely is another one. Yes. It's, it's, you can it's find, not a great. Yeah. I was going to say, if you need a, if you need a number two tight end, you can find that guy early fourth, maybe even fifth round. It's not a great tight end one class, but no. there's tons of tight end twos in the back end of this draft that you can find. I'm trying to think if there's any other positions. I kind of like like the day three edges. Like if you just need a guy to yeah. come in 
and be like your fourth edge rusher or just give you some rotational snaps. Like one of the guys I like is Dominique Robinson uh, from Miami mm-hmm. of Ohio. I like D'Angelo Malone a little bit from Western Kentucky, but those are, those are guys that come in and are part of a rotation as a rookie and maybe develop into your third defensive end. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of that is because there is a very good uh, edge class. You know, it's, it doesn't have the kind of miles Garrett type if, unless you view Aiden Hutchinson that way, but it's got some top end guys, top of the, you know, near the top of the first round guys, some middle of the first round, some second round guys. And all of those guys are pushing down the kind of guys who normally in other years where the edge class is, is not very deep, that would normally be artificially pushed up. Right. So yeah. especially the smaller school guys, you're going to get an opportunity. Someone like Cam Thomas, right. If you look at his, 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 yes. his uh, testing profile, I think that lo- normally you would see a guy like that potentially be sneaking into the back end of the first round because of the position and because of his mm-hmm. athleticism. Those guys are going in the second round this year. And, and I think that uh, it will in turn push down more folks that you could be, could be available in the third and fourth, fifth rounds. Is there any position like when you're doing these mock draft simulators where you just get to day three and you just don't like any of the names you see? Cause for me, it's defensive tackle. I Once yeah. I get to day three, it's like, I I'm good. I don't love it. I mean, honestly, like even the guys that I don't necessarily love, they get they're they're gone before they three a defensive tackle just because there aren't a ton. Like I think about uh uh the the Phil the Phyllis from uh from Alabama, like he's uh, just Mathias, a big nose yeah. tackle. Yeah, I mean honestly, I think the, the the last defensive tackle that I consistently seeing taken kind of later in the round is my guy from UCLA double O. Yeah, uh, and I think he's usually like a fourth round guy, and 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 you know, admittedly, this is a nose tackle only type player. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it, that's the kind of skill sets that you're going to get, you know, kind of later on in the draft. At this point. I'll be honest; I think there's six defensive tackles in this class that are worth top one twenty five picks, and they probably all will be top fifty picks. I haven't watched one. that Stanford kid yet, but yeah, outside of that, yeah. I could name on one hand like how many defensive tackles are worth a damn, really, right? Jo- like- yeah, Jordan Davis, Wyatt, Logan Hall, who's really more of like a tweener. I, th- Tra- I think Travis he's Jones. a three technique, so I'm counting him. Okay. Yeah, Travis Tra- Jones, Perion Winf- right? Perion Winfrey, Matt Mathias from Alabama, and that's it. I mean, like it yeah. drops off in a big way after that. Yeah, and so and and even Hall were kind of pushing into that i mean that he wants to play three technique from what i've heard but yeah. even then like it's i, I think it's going to need to be pretty scheme specific if you're having him as your starting three technique there just isn't a ton of these guys and what's interesting too is that you know kind of going back to what i was just talking about the athletic podcast they constantly are talking about how the, the, there's a change and shift and how they're using defensive linemen so maybe you're going to see more of these five techniques kind of paired with these two high defenses that are that's more common nowadays should also mention to marvin leal who the cowboys are bringing in for a 30 visit I don't really know what position he is in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, what position does that dude play? Tyrone Crawford. I, the Tyrone Crawford position is the position he plays, where I depending guess. on what we who's out this week is where you're going to play. I mean, that's mm-hmm. basically it. But, yeah, defensive tackle is not a position that stretches very far in this draft. All right, that is uh, it's a good show. We got through more questions than we normally do. Normally we only get through about two. So uh, we'll try to continue to do more of these uh, Twitter Tuesdays, maybe a couple more Twitter Thursdays ahead of the NFL draft. Follow the show on YouTube, Locked on Cowboys. You can follow uh, the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Bye, everybody. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.